The show featured a number of original songs. Oh. I don't know what that has to do with anything of what I was just reading. Sorry, I'm looking at some of these facts and I'm like, that has that's out of nowhere. Are you nostalgic? A parent? Or perhaps a child at heart? When it comes to children's media, from books to TV shows, and even movies, there's often more than meets the eye. Is it well written? Does it still hold up today? What works and what doesn't? Or maybe you wonder what went on behind the scenes of that work. Together, a trio of adults, who are also kids at heart, will critique and comment on a new piece of children's media each episode. Hello, this is Eric. Hi, I'm PJ. And I'm Rico. You're listening to Beyond the Lens, a family-friendly podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Lens. Yeah, welcome, welcome, welcome. Today, it is Eric and Rico and PJ, and we are super-duper excited about our topic today, which is the new adventures of Winnie the Pooh. That was an awkward introduction, but it is now yours to keep free of charge. <laughs> so let's start. Let's start with the question: How familiar are you with? Let's just start with the Winnie the Pooh characters. I've never heard of Winnie the Pooh in mind. No, I'm just kidding. Um, like, oh my god! <laughs> I'm terrible at jokes. I'm sorry. Anyway, um, no, I love Woody the Pooh. I've grown up with him, um, and I, he's still very near and dear to my heart. Uh, as t- in terms with the show, um, the actual show that we're going to be ta- talking about today, unfortunately, I did not grow with that sh- up with that show since it was a little bit before my time. Um, but I have heard the theme song, and it is a very glorious theme song. That's all I'm going to say <laughs> right now. <laughs> Well, I'm very familiar with the characters as well as this show. In fact, I think that was where I first got familiar with the characters from when they aired The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh on Disney's One Saturday Morning. One back Saturday in the day. Morning, yeah. Um, I would say about the same for me. I'm very familiar with the Winnie the Pooh characters. He th- he, and the rest of the Hundred Acre Wood citizens are very prominent in today's society. They, uh, each of these characters have been around for almost 100 years now, um, with the original books by A.A. A. Milne being written and published in 1926. So they've been around for over 90 years and they are just absolutely incredible. Did you guys grow up on reading any of the original books, or did you kind of, was it Disney that really got you into the know of what Winnie the Pooh was? Yeah, I think I'm still unfamiliar with the original books. I think I've seen them, um, but yeah, I would say that I, I mostly heard about Winnie the Pooh through Disney. Well, I don't think I've read any of the original books. I know I have Winnie the Pooh books, but I'm pretty sure they're all from Disney with the Disney branding and everything. Yeah, so. same here. Yeah, I have a lot of Disney branded books as well. I know I I had copies of the some of the original A.A. Milne poems and books as kids. 
um, as kids, as in like me when I was a kid multiple times, obviously. Um, no, when my siblings <laughs> and I were, were a lot younger, we had some of these other classic books, these Winnie the Pooh books, a lot of fairy tale books. Um, I don't remember reading them as much as some of the other books that we had in the house. And as I grew older, I became more accustomed to reading them and learning more about the the author and the characters and how um, this was a, really where a lot of my how does a book adaptation change as it goes into film or television or animation. Um, this was a, a huge starting point for that for me because, you know, I kind of knew that Thomas was based on the book. I kind of knew that fairy tales grew into the Disney films, but this was the first one that I started to really look at. Like, this is how the phrasing is written. This is why the animation is done the way that it is. So I found that really really cool and I still continue to find it really cool today to see how all these books are adapted into film and television and musicals and everything like that um so A.A. Milne wrote these books um in and books of poems uh starting in 1926 there was Winnie the Pooh the house at Pooh Corner when we were six um all sorts of different books and stories so in the 50s and 60s Disney started to really reach out to various authors to acquire their the rights to their stories for to use for film. Now, obviously, Snow White, you didn't really need anything. A lot of these fairy tales had been utilized and were in public domain previously. So the two really big ones at the time that Walt was trying to get were the Winnie the Pooh stories and Mary Poppins. Now, if you have seen... Um, Saving Mr. Banks, you know what the struggle is with while trying to get the rights to the Mary Poppins books and the struggle with P.L. Travers. I don't think there was as much of a struggle with Disney getting the rights to Winnie the Pooh. Um, but it still was like, you know, anybody giving the rights up to anything is always going to be a struggle. So in 1961, Walt Disney Productions um, licensed the film characters and the stories um, from the estate of A.A. Milne to create an animated series. So what they did in the UK for the original Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh is they released them. It, they released it as a full movie in the UK. Well, in the US, Pooh really wasn't known here at the time. Like, you kind of knew who Winnie the Pooh was, but it was kind of like Thomas the Tank Engine. Like, we kind of knew who Thomas was just from, like, chatting and talking with people. But until 1984 or 1989 here, when Shining Time Station came out, like, until that time, nobody really knew who he was. And then it was like, oh, okay. So in order to kind of ease into that instead of saying here's a full-length movie disney split the full-length movie up into the vignettes and the features so you had winnie the pooh and the honey tree as a separate short winnie the pooh and the blustery day is another short and winnie the pooh and tigger 2 is a separate short and then eventually all of them came together for winnie the, uh, the many adventures of winnie the pooh um and uh, and everything became abridged and there was an, an ending added in like in the uk and everything like that um, eventually a fourth feature, Winnie the Pooh and a Day for Eeyore, about Eeyore's birthday, was released in 1983, so that was several, several years later. Um, we had 66, 68, 74, 83, so there was a good chunk of time in between all of these. Um, then there was a live-action TV series called Welcome to Pooh Corner, which was terrifying. Um, <laughs> I remember this, this show aired from 1983 to 1986, and it was on like early, early morning replays 
when I would be getting ready for school. So I turned on the TV and I would I was like, oh, Winnie the Pooh characters. And they were like terribly designed mascot characters. And all the voices sounded like this. And it was really, <laughs> really awkward. Piglet was like this. It, just, it was really, all of it was all sorts of terrible. Um, so then in 1980, 19, excuse me, 1988, Disney said, you know what? Let's, uh, let's try animation again. Let's go back to the animated stuff because that worked really well. So they launched a new animated TV series called The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So playing off the Many Adventures title, changing many to new. Um, it originally aired from 1988 to 1991, 83 episodes in total. They did such a good job with this show. Um, I really enjoyed the fact that now looking back on it as an adult, there were specific stories and poems from the Milne stories that they were able to adapt into the TV series format as well as expand and do some new adventures and do some new stories that were able to be presented for the next generation of Winnie the Pooh fans. So again, like as we were all saying, I think this is where our Pooh was introduced. And then we were able to go back and watch the many adventures and then watch how Pooh had continued on from there. Um, so out of the 83 episodes, there have been, an abundance of amazing, amazing stories and episodes. Um, do you guys have any that you specifically remember or any ones that are your absolute favorite? Yeah, I haven't watched the show, so I don't have any, which is kind of sad. But, oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> As it relates to this series in particular, I'm... Like, drawing a blank for, like, episodes, like, which ones I liked, which ones I, I didn't. But for, like, for like some of the other films featuring Winnie the Pooh, like, uh, I think there was a Christmas one that comes to mind. Yep. Uh, and like you said before, with Winnie the Pooh and the Blustery Day, I remember that. But... As far as this series goes, uh, it's hard to say if I have a favorite. Um, PJ, from kind of going off of what Rico said, he remembered and enjoyed the Blustery Day segment for Many Adventures. Did you have one of, one of those three original stories that you enjoyed more than the others? Yeah, my mind's kind of drawing a blank, too, just because it's been so long. Like, I don't even remember, like, the context of any of them. That's fair. Uh, yeah. I got nothing. Sorry. No, you're good. Um, so, for me, there are several episodes that I know I had on VHS, and there are several that I remember watching over and over on the TV. Part of it was, these were just the episodes that I happened to catch while it was on. And I was like, oh, there's only three episodes of this series, apparently, because these are the only ones that they play on TV when it happened to be that I just happened to watch only when those episodes were on. Um, I remember there was one where Tigger and Pooh and Rabbit and Piglet were playing with Christopher Robin's train set. Surprise, this is the episode I remember. <laughs> and... <laughs> 
Tigger pretends that he's a train robber and um, Christopher Robin says, don't play with my train while I go do my chores. And surprise, Tigger's like, I'm going to play with this train and he won't notice. And then the train goes off the tracks and there's a whole big chaotic scene and they have a lot of imaginary segments of like, obviously it's a toy train, but then they have like them on the toy train, like in the Wild West. And it's just this chaotic adventure. Um, There's another Wild West episode that I remember where Piglet is made sheriff of the wild west town and Pooh and eeyore are the masked defender and his faithful steed and there's there's a, a band of evil horses that come in and they try to take over the town instead of doing a shoot off they use like ice cream scoops and it was just absolutely ridiculous um but everything fit the like safe tone of winnie the pooh which was really funny um another episode Oh, there are three more that I distinctly remember. One of them was about um, a balloon. Christopher Robin had a balloon, and he lent it to Pooh, and a rabbit used it to uh, ask Pooh to borrow it. Pooh was like, I don't know. Christopher Robin lent it to me, and Rabbit said, oh, no, I got to use it to scare the crows. So he drew an angry face on it and scared the crows, and then Tigger borrowed it, and then Piglet borrowed it, and throughout the, the circumstances, the balloon deflated, and then everyone tried to recreate the balloon for, to give to Christopher Robin because they all thought that they broke it. Um, and Christopher Robin's like, if the air is let out. And this ending always bothered me because Christopher Robin blows up the balloon with his mouth and then it just floats. And then Pooh starts to float away attached to it and then Rabbit and Tigger and Piglet and they're all just floating up to the sky and I'm like, oh, it's interesting that Christopher Robin exhales helium. <laughs> That's really interesting. <laughs> And that this one balloon can lift four stuffed animals. How very interesting. Um, Disney, breaking breaking my promises since 1901. Um, so um, another episode that I remember is Rabbit is... <laughs> Rabbit is trying to get... Um, he's doing some spring cleaning and he only has one bookend and he can't find the other one. So he just throws it out. He's like, I'm done. Like I, I, this makes me very upset. I love this bookend, but I don't know where the other one is. So then it gets taken to the dump and then Rue finds it in the dump and then says, Oh, I've got this. And rabbit finds out that he, that he has this bookend and he's like, Oh, I've got to go back to the dump to find the other one, which is the same one. And he goes back to the dump. He can't find it. He goes back to the house and Rue, and at the end, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the one that I got from the dump. And the rabbit goes insane, <laughs> as rabbit does. And all of them end up, like, they give him back that one, knowing that he wants it. But they also, like, make a, him another bookend out of clay to match. And it's a really, really cute ending. Um, the other one I enjoy is there's a bluebird named Kessie that flies in. Um, and rabbit kind of helps raise this bluebird and helps helps her fly away at the end of winter and everything and it's really really cute um cassie comes back for the uh the book of poo tv series that premiered later in 1998 nope 2001 wow way later than i thought um so that was really cool um because cassie is just such a cute character uh, speaking of characters, do you guys have a favorite Winnie the Pooh or Hundred Acre Wood character, and who is it, and why? Well, I think for me, yours always been. My- Actually, no, that's a lie. Um, <laughs> I liked uh, I liked Tigger as a kid because 
He was really energetic, and that's who I was as a kid, not so mm-hmm. much anymore as an adult. I think that's why I like Eeyore, just because he's super relatable. And when I was 13, one of my friends, as a birthday gift, gave me um, a stuffed animal of Eeyore, and his tail actually detached and got put back on. It was like super one of those cute. sticker things, yeah, and I loved it, and I thought it was so cute. Um, so yeah, he's he's currently my favorite. Growing up, I probably would would be someone to say poo, uh, but, uh, but sort of like PJ, I think I, I really like Gior as well. I, I think that's also in part to do with this one post on Tumblr that I found a while ago about how Eeyore is this character who's depressed the whole time, but like that doesn't stop his friends from taking him out on adventures and not expecting him to like sort of change or be happy and just love him for who he is and I thought that was sort of a cool description for me um, I mean I always love Pooh and I always will but even as a kid I thought that Rabbit was absolutely hysterical and then as an adult looking back I'm like oh Oh, I am rabbit to a T, to a frightening level. I am so OCD about how I I want things done, not even my way, but just in a very specific manner and how my brain functions and tries to like put all of that information into words. Um, Rabbit trying to do uh, meetings with all the other characters about like, you know, there's there's a problem in the hundred acre wood and he has to hold a hundred acre wood town meeting and nobody's paying attention. And I'm like, Oh, I have been to those board meetings where I tried to get information <laughs> and Pooh Bear is falling asleep and Piglet's hiding behind a chair and Tinker's just like, what food, what food time for snacks. And I'm just like, ah! the entire time. Uh, <laughs> so here we are. Um, but yeah, I love, I love rabbit so, so much. Um, there was a time I was, you know, flying out to California several times last year, and I ended up at Disneyland um, a couple of times last year in California. And one of the times I was out there, I was walking by the Winnie the Pooh area out in the back, and they sometimes do meet and greet characters, and Rabbit was out, and I had not met Rabbit. And I walked over and I said, does Rabbit switch out with any other characters? And they said, no, Rabbit Rabbit comes back out. He goes in and gets some carrots, comes back out. And I said, beautiful. So I waited in line and I saw Eeyore and I was like, hi, Eeyore, I don't care. Goodbye. Yeah, yeah, picture. Okay, cool. <laughs> and I ran over. I I mean, I got paid. I was, I was very polite, but in my brain, I was like, yeah, yeah, fine. I can meet you wherever. And I walk over to Rabbit and I, <laughs> I've never had this happen meeting a character before. I walked over and I hugged him and then I, I looked at him and I said, I'm just so happy to so much um to the point where for christmas they released a rabbit disney pin trading pin 
And Katie knew as soon as she, she she bought it for me for Christmas as soon as she saw it because she knew I was going to die when I got it, and I had a meltdown opening up my stocking. Um, so, ah, uh, rabbit. Um, so each of these characters, there have been, you know, various like yes or no or you know things of um, theories about these characters representing the various um, different mental disorders. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm I'm assuming that both of you have heard that, about this in some way. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, so for this um, listing that I have, it says Pooh represents impulsive impulsivity, um, obviously with all of his honey eating and just distractions like that. Piglet represents anxiety. Roo represents autism, which I, I'll go through the rest of them. And we can discuss. Um, Tigger represents ADHD. Um, also, this Tigger is spelled wrong. This is T-I-G-E-R, and T-I-double-G-U-R is Tigger. Duh. I'm triggered. Duh. Um, uh, Eeyore is depression. Rabbit is OCD. Kanga is social anxiety. And Owl is dyslexia. I agree with some of these, and I disagree with some others. Rue, autism. And I'm like, I don't know how accurate that is considering that I don't think autism was like a thing when Milne wrote these books I mean it was like prevalent obviously but like I don't know if it was actually a titled disorder right and I think you're right I don't think it was a thing you were diagnosed with back in the 1920s I know that Specifically, uh, Hans Asperger, the one, the Asperger syndrome, which is a form Mm -hmm. of autism, is named after. Uh, I believe he researched that, like, in the late 40s, early 50s. And so, 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 I mean, there's that. But then again, I'm also thinking about Rue and her personality. I'm like, where... Does autism just fit in, in general, with, with what I know from her? Yeah, right, that's what I was confused about too. Because like I'm trying to think, what characteristics does Rue have that scream autism? Like it doesn't make any sense to me. Rue, Rue is a toddler, and toddlers act like toddlers. Like that's it. Like there's nothing, there's nothing about Rue's character that screams really anything. Right, so I'm just yeah, I'm I'm lost about that one. Like some of them, like Piglet is anxiety and and fine, yes, agreed. Agreed. Um, Tigger with ADHD, that makes oh, sense. Yeah. Eeyore depression, that makes sense. I was gonna say that's like 100% me. Like, I'm Eeyore. And, then and I, yeah, Rabbit with OCD also makes sense. Mm-hmm. But like it, it can go with social anxiety. I don't think these care. I don't think this person knows anything about. Uh, kangaroos or joeys because the, these characters <laughs> obviously they're not from Australia they don't understand how these characters work um, because Kanga having social anxiety like Kanga's a mother and I also from everything that I've seen do not see that anywhere in any book or television or film adaptation Right, and since she's a mother, she's, like, very caring and, like, kind. Yeah. I mean, that's how I see her. I'm like, I don't think there's anything up with her. She seems like, I don't know. She also sees through a lot of their their crap and their, like, games. So, like, it's the, the episode with, like, 
Rue getting the medicine and like Rue and Piglet switch spots and she's like, oh, okay, Rue, it's time for your medicine. And she knows it's Piglet and is waiting for Piglet to say, but I'm Piglet, I'm Piglet, I'm Piglet, I'm Piglet. And she's like, Rue, you're obviously Rue. Like, she's so much smarter than everyone else, like a mother. Right. She plays these games with them. Um, And then Owl is dyslexia. And I think Owl is just Grandpa Owl with all of his stories. I don't think he has dyslexia. He's yeah. just old grandpa with, you know, getting his facts confused. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, reminds me of a of another Pooh movie that I think came out in 1997, Pooh's Grand Adventure: The Search for Christopher Robin. Yes. And in that movie, he he discovers is the the word school, saying that. Christopher Robin has gone to school, but and he spells it out correctly, but then he pronounces it skull. Mm-hmm. So I mean, like, what I know about dyslexia, if you were gonna mistake school for skull, you would, would probably at least spell it the right way for skull and not school. Uh huh. So it doesn't make sense for that either. Um. So yeah, so there's a lot of like iffiness with how these characters are listed out according to their stereotyped disorders, if you will. Um, I don't think that, I think we can all agree that some of them are 100% like, yes, this could, this is a plausible case. And some of them were, we were all kind of like, uh, what? <laughs> yep. How did you come to this? Um, it first aired in January, 1988 it was paired with the Gummy Bear series. Gummy bears bouncing here and there and everywhere. Um, I don't know why I know that song. I'd never <laughs> watched that as a kid. Um, Me either. So starting in February 27th. So the show ran on and off Disney Channel for years upon years upon years. And it was like about 2006, 2007. They said, okay, we're done. It's over. We're stopping this airing. Um, in February 2017, reruns of the show can be seen on Disney Junior in various European countries like Germany, Belgium, Netherlands, the Czech Republic, Slovakia, Poland, Croatia, Slovenia, Russia. It's not in Asia, technical or Europe, technically, but here we are. I guess whatever. Here we are. Um, France, South Korea, Japan. Yeah, now we're getting all sorts of all over the place. Um, I guess the question now is. Um, you guys have heard about the Disney Plus streaming service, correct? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So that's that's coming starting at, the, I believe, the end of this year. Um, they have announced that all of the Disney properties, everything Disney is going to be on there. Every movie, every Marvel movie, every everything, except for an edited version of Dumbo to cut out some of the racism. And Song of the South will once again be ignored and said, no, this is not going on there. So they can't say everything if they don't mean everything. But this begs the question, will a lot of these um, Disney Saturday morning cartoons and the um, the Disney uh, uh, the Disney Channel afternoon Disney Disney afternoon? Yeah, Disney Afternoon. That's what it was called. Um, I'm trying to thought it was something more clever than that. Nope, it was Disney and Afternoon put together. Um, are a lot of these shows going to be on there? Because you have old school DuckTales with new DuckTales that's out now. You have the Gummy Bear Show. You have shows like, you know, The New Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. 
Um, so, that, you know, Tailspin, all these other shows, they haven't announced if any of these shows are actually going to be on there. They just have kind of been like, yes, we're just everything. And it's like everything. And they're like, everything. Song in the South, almost everything. So it's like, okay, well, <laughs> really? Come on, guys. So I'm hoping that with Disney Plus coming out that all of these episodes will be at least somewhat remastered. If not, they're not that old, so it's they're not going to look that bad. Um, and will be put out so that way everyone can watch them. Also, the Disney streaming service is only going to be $6.99 to start. And I think that's really good for Disney to start out much lower because people are going to purchase it. I know, I know more about this than I probably care to know. Just because... Hi, surprise. We hear a lot of Disney stuff here in Orlando. Um, let's see. Oh, I know something, a, a weird segue that we can talk about. Have you guys heard of this special called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue? Uh, I have no. not. All right. This was something I distinctly remember growing up with. And I was like, what, 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 what even is this? So... In 1990, this is, I think, the only episode that this is going to be able to fit in. So I'm going to squeeze it in here because it relates to the characters and how they're represented. So in 1990, there was a television special called Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue. And it was an animated short um, that was financed by McDonald's, Ronald McDonald Children's Charities, and Chuck E. Cheese. It originally aired on September 21st on all four major American television networks, ABC, CBS, NBC, and Fox, and several independent stations. So, (laughs) there was an introduction by President George H.W. Bush and First Lady Barbara Bush and their dog, Millie. It was produced by the Academy of Television Arts and Sciences Foundation and the Southern Star Productions. (laughs) There's so much happening here. Um, There was a musical number called Wonderful Ways to Say No that was written by Academy Award winning composer Alan Menken and Howard Ashman, who you guys know as the composers of Mermaid of Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and Little Shop of Horrors. So this all sounds like, whoa, what is this thing about? Well... It's about a young teenage boy named Michael who uses marijuana and steals his father's beard. His sister, Corey, has to tell him that this is bad. And it features, oh, oh, it gets better. It features literally anybody you can imagine. Bugs Bunny, Daffy Duck, Winnie the Pooh, Tigger, Garfield, the Muppet Babies, Huey, Dewey, and Louie, the Chipmunks, um, Alf. The Smurfs, like, you name it, these characters were in it. And it was just so random. Yeah, Uh, I wish you could see my face right now because I'm just really lost and confused. I believe, I'm going to double check, I believe the entire thing's on YouTube. I'm going to find out. Cartoon, all stars to the rescue, come on. Pull things up. It's not very good. Oh. Oh, there's a couple that are, there's a, there's a few that are uploaded. Um, it's, oh my God, it, there's just so much happening. 
I'm wa- I'm watching some of the like skipping through it right now. It is just such a mess. Um, but Jim Cummings and Paul Winchell come back and reprise their roles. The Ninja Turtles are in it too. Um, what? Oh, it's <laughs> just I'm so random. It's it's so odd. But because this was like something for you know, kind of I don't even know if this is technically public domain at this point. Like it. it there's so many legality things with how this works because of how many different characters. Um, it's let me see. Buena Vista Home Entertainment. So I'm assuming Disney owns the rights to the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Guy Moon, who I believe did Fairly Odd Parents. Yeah, I think so. His name sounds familiar. Fairly Odd Parents. Yep. Oh. Bada bang. Um, so he was one of the composers. Um, obviously Alan Menken. Surprise. Oh, it was directed by five different people. That's a lot. Written by two. Um, <laughs> genre, social guidance film. <laughs> oh, uh, oh it, got, it got a release in the UK as well. Look at this. Oh my gosh, this is great. Oh, wow. Uh, I did not know Rusty Taylor did Baby Gonzo. That's weird. I did not know that. Um, now I'm looking at the voice cast, of course. Um, obviously, oh no, Jim Cummings did both Pooh and Tigger? I thought Paul Winchell was still doing Tigger at this point. Oh, well, maybe not. Surprise, I learned something new. So yeah, definitely go watch Cartoon All-Stars to the Rescue because, oh my God, it is the best thing ever. It's so weird. It's so random. Um, it's got Pooh and Tigger in it as two of the main characters. Um, they all kind of pop in and out randomly, but like Pooh and Tigger are prominent throughout most of the video. Pooh is like the little girl's friend throughout most of it, so like they walk, they spend a lot of time together. Um, so yeah, interesting, weird, weird, weird special. Mm-hmm. Um, Pooh has continued to make appearances in various things. Obviously, I've said that the show is getting reruns. I think that if all goes well, we'll be able to get all of these episodes out on the Disney Plus streaming system, or streaming service, excuse me. But we also have um, various, you know, other movies that Pooh is featured in. As Rico mentioned, Pooh's Grand Adventure, The Search for Christopher Robin came out in 97. There's The Valentine for You, The Season of Giving, The Ticker Movie, The Book of Pooh that came out, the series. The characters were also featured in um, the House of Mouse series. Mm-hmm. Um Piglet's big movie, Springtime for Fruit, Pooh's Hevel Up movie, the B, uh, Pooh makes a, a, a cameo in the B movie. Um, there's the Super Sleuths with Winnie the Pooh, uh, excuse me, my friends, Ticker and Pooh. There was the 2011 feature film um, directed by Steven Anderson. And then, of course, the most recent thing that we've seen Winnie the Pooh in is the 2018 live action movie, Christopher Robin. Did you guys see Christopher Robin yet? I did, actually. I did not. That movie made me cry. It was it was beautiful. Rico, is there something that you is there is there a reason you haven't seen it or you just haven't gotten around to it or you just, just like I don't want to I, I just haven't gotten around to it. Okay. Um so they uh I think they did although they missed out on many rabbits feature role opportunities throughout that film. Um, Mm -hmm. I think they did an excellent job of telling a newer type story. 
without feeling like, you, you know, you had Beauty and the Beast, which was a live action remake, and it was just all over the place and irritated me in more ways than I care to imagine. Um, but this one at least had some some sort of a fresh story. It felt like a sequel. It didn't feel like it was trying to rip off anything. It felt right. very similar to Hook, um, which is fine because that format works really well. Um, so I very much enjoyed that and enjoy seeing Winnie the Pooh in more and more things. There's um, uh, various theme park appearances. Winnie the Pooh has a spell card at the Sorcerer's the Magic Kingdom card game. Um, for those that don't know what that is, well, that's because it was talked about when it first came out and nobody talks about it anymore. So Disney was like, we need more things for our guests to do, but we don't want to spend any money. You know what's <laughs> popular in 2012, 20, what is it? 20, God, when did that come out? 2012, it sounds like 2011, maybe. Let me check. 20. It makes sense. Cause like, that's around the time I was in middle school. And like, all of a sudden these like card playing games are coming back. I'm like, wait, what? Yeah, right? Exactly. You know when, like, nobody was actually talking about these. I think it was around 2012. It's not giving me a date on here. But anyway, uh, so it was like you could sign up to be a sorcerer being trained by Merlin and fight off the Disney villains using various themed Disney character cards. So each of the Disney characters that they have in the game has a special power. So Pooh has, like, um, honeybees. So the honeybees will attack the villains. Um there's all sorts of different things. Um, so Pooh has a special spell card for that game. It's the game's, you know, a mess. There's no level, there's no playing level to it. Um, Pooh and the characters can be seen doing meet and greets around the parks. They, Pooh is the most requested character after Mickey Mouse in the parks. Um, there's no official like confirmation on that, but I can guarantee that that is correct. I would yeah, it makes sense on that. Um, who is one of the softest characters to, you know, hug. I can, I can confirm that 100%. Um, he's super, super, super soft. Like a teddy bear. Um, don't know where teddy bear came from, but here it is. Um, who also has this fun ride called The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, The Ride. Wonder what that's based on. Perhaps the movie called The Many Adventures of Winnie the Pooh, wouldn't you know? Um, and... I am guessing you guys have either heard of or have been on that ride at some point. No, I was going to say, I think I actually did go on that ride when I went to Disneyland in 2015. I just, I'm trying, I think I did. Yeah, we hit about almost every ride and that was one of them. Uh, I only went to Disney World one time and I don't believe I went, I went on that ride. We're going to have to have you come back, Rico. Because it is a glorious mass. Um, now, PJ, since you have been up to the one on Disneyland, and I have done the one at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, um, there are distinct differences in the plot of the rides. I am used to the one that's in Florida, um, which is the follows very closely to the Blustery Day story plot um, all mm. the way through. 
where it starts in the blustery day and Owl's house is a mess and then Tigger bouncing and then it goes into the Happalump and Woozle scene and then it goes into the floody scene and then at the end it's like the celebration of like Pooh saved the day and he gets all the honey in the end and then you get off the ride and go in the gift shop and spend eight million dollars on Pooh Bear merchandise. Um, <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like Disney. Now, the Disneyland version I went on the first time many, many, uh, I would say about six years ago and I went on and it started with like the blustery day segment and then it was the rainy segment and then it was Tigger and then it was Heffalumps and Boozles and then Pooh woke up and it was his birthday and I was and then the ride ended and I was like what it wasn't his birthday I don't what so I just kept go, like looking back and forth going like what just happened so we get off the ride and my friend was like oh what did you think it's a little weird huh and I said it's like the writers of the TV show Once Upon a Time said, you can make a Winnie the Pooh ride. And they just said, we're going to do whatever we want with it. We're going to mix everything up. Here's the ride. And they went, yeah, that, that sounds good. Because it made no sense. <laughs> like it's, most of yeah. It's so weird to me how, like, the two parks can be so different. Because you think they would follow the same format, but then they don't. Because I've been to both parks, so I know. Like, I don't remember all the parks um, at the Orlando one because I was only, like, 10 or 11 when I went. I, I compare, like, the two sometimes, and I'm like, wait a minute. I don't remember that, but I don't remember this. Wait, huh? So I'm, I get confused sometimes, too. Um, what, generally, if you're looking at Disneyland and, and Disneyland Park and the Magic Kingdom Park and Disneyland Paris Park and Tokyo Disneyland, and you look at all of these parks, they have a very similar setup and format. And then there's like various variations in each of them. So like most of the Disneyland Magic Kingdom type parks have, and it's a small world ride and have a Peter Pan flight and have a Winnie the Pooh ride and have a teacups ride. Well, teacups ride is basically going to be the same no matter where you go because it's a spinning teacup. Like there's not much to change with that. Um, but the plot points of each of the rides kind of change and alter um, depending on where you're at. Um, Disneyland still has a Mr. Toad ride and we don't over here because our Mr. Toad was replaced by Winnie the Pooh. However, fun fact with the Disneyland Winnie the Pooh ride, the next time you're over there riding that at any point, um, I'm not sure which scene is behind, so I'd have to look um, again. I think it's as you enter the half a lumps and woozle scene because well, why not just make it extra creepy? So what used to be at the Winnie the Pooh ride in Disneyland was the Country Bear Jamboree. And they said, well, let's make this a Winnie the Pooh ride. I think this is going to be a better utilization of the space. Oh, that's here. right. Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing this somewhere. Well, yeah, the three the three heads on the wall um, that talked to the country bears were left on the ride. So as you go into, I believe it's the uh, Heffalumps and Woozles scene, if you turn around, all three heads are just kind of staring at you, and it's real awkward. Oh. <laughs> real creepy. Welcome to Disney. We just like to leave things everywhere. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of, it, they say it's like a tribute, but like, it's a little creepy. That's an versus, odd tribute. Versus here at, well, Disney World, There, I say here as if I'm like in the park right now. I'm not. Um, they, there's a, an uh, owl's house. There's, you know, obviously a whole bunch of random pictures that are there. And there's a picture of Mr. Toad handing over the deed to the attraction to Owl. So it's like there's the homage of, like, you know, passing the ride along to the next generation kind of thing. And that, because Mr. Toad was what was at um, in the spot of where our Winnie the Pooh was in Orlando. And 
it's really, really cute. And I was like, that's a tribute, not like, let's leave the creepy animatronics just chilling there with nothing to do. I think it'd be even weirder is the, uh, if they, like, still had lines, like, watch out for those half lumps and woozles. Like, that would be even creepier. Yeah. Um, any hoozles. So, Winnie the Pooh is still very prevalent, and um, this show very much, for me specifically, had a prominent foundation of knowing who the character is and showing an appreciation and even coming in in the middle of like the the character's growth and development over the last uh, century you still have that opportunity to look ahead to the future and see all the developments and the iterations of Winnie the Pooh as well as go back to the original artwork and everything um, and the original books there was an exhibit that went us on tour when we were in Atlanta last year. Um, it was in the UK for a while, and then it came over here, and this is the first U.S. appearance. I'm not sure where it is now, um, but it was all the original letters and artwork of Milne and um, his illustrator, E.H. Shepard, and going back and forth. And it was a celebration of the books and the characters in the books, but there was also a section of like merchandising and various other adaptations from around the world, from Tokyo to Disney to all different sorts of things. So you got to see how Winnie the Pooh is represented around the world. And I was like, this is a very classy way to kind of put all of this together is like Winnie the Pooh started in this big, beautiful like way, but has continued to expand and, and be represented in various other ways and adaptations. And I think that's really nice that this exhibit showed all of that as opposed to just saying this is an exhibit about the author and nothing else exists and because some exhibits do that um i believe that is everything that i have um we talked a little bit about the series we talked a little bit about winnie the pooh as a whole um this the the the, the many iterations of winnie the pooh that's what this this title of this podcast is <laughs> Um, yeah, I think Winnie the Pooh is not going anywhere, ever. He's so popular in the Disney community, as well as in the book community, as well as in other iterations around the world. Like, he's so ingrained like Mickey and, like, the Muppets and, like, uh, you know, various other characters that he's not going to be going anywhere anytime soon. And I appreciate that he's been around this long and will continue to be around for future generations to enjoy. Is there right, anything he's else? Just, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, he's such a classic character. And, I mean, I, I didn't even realize he was already 100 years old, because that's insane to me. But if he's been around for that long, yeah, there's no telling, like, how much longer he's going to be around for. I have a feeling he's going to stick around for a very long time. Uh. Well, especially if... Disney continues to like pull their iterations out of like, well, let's see what we could do with this because they've done the the fur mascots with the people in the costumes. They've done an animated, a 2D animated series. They've done a puppetry series. They've done a CGI series. So now they can continue to play with this, these characters and just give them a little bit of breathing room in between and then bring them back in a new, fresh way. So I really mm -hmm. like that they're able to do that. Um, obviously, there's not much more you can do when a book's author has passed um there have been other continuing adventures that have been written by different authors in the same style as a.a milne and they fit pretty well i've read them they're they're very very good um 
they don't feel quite the same, but they're very, they're close enough to where it's like, okay, I see where you're going. This is this is very appreciated. Um, yeah, I think no, no matter where we're at, I, Pooh is going to be prevalent. Um, I think Pooh sells more baby merchandise than anything. <laughs> everyone, everyone wants a Winnie the baby room. Everyone wants Pooh Bear clothing. I guess Pooh is just, uh, he's a very comforting character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, that's all I have. Is there anything else you guys would like to add before we wrap everything up? Yeah, like you mentioned, he's just, uh, he's still relevant today. And yeah, I've worked for a lot of families that use Winnie the Pooh, like as a bedtime story or like, I actually did work for a family where the room was entirely Winnie the Pooh themed. So I just, I appreciate Winnie the Pooh being a character that a lot of people can, can look at and and find joy in. And it's, yeah, it's one, it's why he's one of my favorite characters, like of all time. Yeah, he's he's definitely a favorite of mine too. In fact, if if I was much younger and and you asked me what what is the first character that comes to mind when you think of Disney, for me it actually would have been Pooh instead of Mickey Mouse. So I guess that speaks volumes for the longevity of Winnie the Pooh. Take that, Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, and the only other thing I can think of bringing up is this is this recent meme which I believe is from the was it twenty eleven the Winnie the Pooh animated movie? Yes, twenty eleven. Yep. Uh, where where they're where they're stuck in a hole and <laughs> and it's like. And My whole, favorite rabbit moment of all uh, time. Yeah, and then, the, then there is all these not jokes, and then it turns into a knock knock joke by Pooh. I don't. Yeah. Uh, can you not, Piglet? I cannot. You can not. No, I cannot not. You could not not. Who's there? Pooh. Uh, <laughs> And then Piglet cuts the rope up, and I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, I feel this stress, Rabbit. I feel for you. This is why I don't have hair. (laughs) 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 And on that note, (laughs) thank you so much for listening and tuning in to Beyond the Lens. Join us next time for an amazing new adventure. Uh, Rico, what are we talking about next on the schedule? Next, it's going to be my pick of uh, Ghost Rider. Ghost Rider word. Yeah. (laughs) I remember. (laughs) I don't remember a lot, but I remember that. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks for tuning in, and we will see you next time on Beyond the Lens. (laughs) I don't know what that was. (laughs) Thank you for listening to Beyond the Lens. The intro music is Work. That's W-E-R-Q by Kevin McCobb. It is available under a Creative Commons attribution license and can be downloaded for free at Incompetech.com. Beyond the Lens is a ReCore Entertainment production.
<laughs> it, it, it has been getting some love. We went on it a couple days ago, and I was like, oh, everything seems to be working now. Good. Uh, Disney has this thing where they sometimes upkeep their rides very well, and sometimes they just go, yeah, we'll get to it eventually. Um, what? I would never speak ill about Disney. Um, they, they, they continue to operate rides, even in poor circumstances. There, that can be taken legally, positively. Um, so, 